When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello and welcome to episode 69. I'm so happy to be here with you. I hope you had an amazing week. We are super busy over here getting ready for our Texas road trip. Getting kind of nervous about it already. I'm like, okay, a puppy in the back seat for like a two day, well, actually three day, two night drive. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to be Instagram storing it in case you want to get a little entertainment. I don't know how entertaining it's going to be, but anyway, I hope that you are having a peaceful holiday season. For the Angels and Miracles Patreon supporters, I just posted my talk on higher selfing the holiday season that's up now on Patreon. I just gave a little talk about, you know, the conditioning that we're all bringing into this holiday season. No matter what you celebrate, no matter what your tradition is, we are all heavily influenced by the commercials that we hear, people talking about it, social media. And then there's the stuff that we're bringing from our past because this time of year is so much about tradition. And there are beautiful things about tradition, absolutely. But there are some unhealthy cycles of behavior too. So the talk is really about, okay, how do we keep the stuff that makes us feel good and true to our higher selves? And how do we leave the rest? How do we come into whatever gathering we're going to go to without any preconceived assumptions or notions? How do we channel our higher selves even when some people around us might not be channeling theirs? And really just how to be able to bring in joy and have our own authentic, sacred, and holy experience on our own terms. I mentioned in the talk that I had a spiritual teacher tell me once that holiness really meant wholeness. 
the awareness of your wholeness. And when we experience holiness, it really is an expression of our wholeness and the wholeness in other people. And so it's going into that sacred, intimate space where we have that awareness, that love, that inner peace where we know we are complete just how we are. And we seek to find that in the people around us. We seek to see the world and other people through the eyes of love and compassion. And that really is the deeper meaning of this season that I really like to focus on. You know, how do we have our own sacred holy experience What are some new ways of giving that aren't so commercially, materially based, whether that's giving compassion, giving gratitude, giving inspiration? You know, this is how we transform our experiences to ones that more fully represent our healed selves, our higher selves, and the awareness that we don't have to live and experience our lives through the aftermath of our conditioning, right? We can break free of that. We can become more conscious of it. And we can transform how we experience things. And the holiday season is just another aspect of that. So I'm hoping that you're feeling inspired and refreshed and empowered to channel into your own sense of joy and express that in any way that feels right in your heart. Okay, folks, let's get to the questions. Hi, Bunny. Um, Firstly, I just want to say thank you to you and this amazing community. This is actually the only podcast I listen to, but I just love it so much. And I always feel like I walk away learning a lot and I'm able to just shut off my brain for a little bit um, in the good sense and really just tune in and be present. Um, My question I have for you is about becoming who you want to be and also letting go of who you were. Uh, I struggle a lot with like seeing my past and seeing who I am and who I'm becoming. And often I feel like I want to be the person I used to be. Um, Even though that person obviously is not serving me anymore and I want to grow at the same time. But I hold on to elements of my older self as if somehow they were better or more functional or somehow simpler. Um, and the person I was dating in a relationship prior used to say, you know, I'm, I miss the old you. I've been waiting for the old you to come back. And this was after dealing with loss and grief and a lot of self-growth. So I'm just wondering how you balance the old you and the new you. And I guess how you look at that without a lot of self-shame or or putting up uh, barriers of allowing yourself to be something. I'm not sure if that really quite made sense. But I guess my question is really just about um, the old you and the new you and how you combine that into a true you. (laughs) Thank you, Bunny. Uh, Bye. Well, you are always you. It's not possible for you to not be you. What changes is the part of us we become identified with. It's how we perceive ourselves. 
which in turn affects what we do, who we hang out with, what we prioritize, etc. So perhaps before you had to deal with some harder things in life, which by the way, eventually happens to all of us, it's not avoidable to have to deal with grief at some point. Before that, you perceived yourself to be a certain way. Someone who maybe was laid back or the life of the party or easygoing or less sensitive or however you saw yourself, I'm just guessing. And then when you had experiences, you didn't change who you were, you expanded your perception of who you are. You reached new levels of depth. I have this meme that says, me, I don't know who I am anymore higher self. No, you're just so much more than you thought you were. So although your focus has shifted to your inner work and dealing with this life stuff, it doesn't mean that you're not still the same person. You've just been going through more than you were before. And it has made you a more aware, sensitive, and thoughtful person. But the parts of you you might not have been focusing on because your focus has shifted are still there and you can still make that stuff a priority. Maybe you were more spontaneous before. Well, why not do something spontaneous now if it would make you happy? Because you absolutely can. Now, if you feel like you can't do something anymore because you have more awareness that it might be harmful for you to do, do you really want to do those things anyway? I don't think that you do. I also want to briefly address what your ex said to you about missing the old you. A healthy relationship is supporting each other in your growth and evolution. It isn't staying stagnant or emotionally stunted. And I think a lot of relationships end when someone doesn't feel like they can grow in the relationship or maybe they want their partner to stay the same because that would make them feel more secure themselves for staying the same. A lot of relationships end when one person's priorities change and that is totally okay. But it's off the mark to say the old you. What that really means is how they used to perceive you to be. I think you should be really proud of yourself and all of your growth. And also don't forget you can always do things that make you happy, that make your heart sing, that make you feel inspired. You don't have to hold back. Hi, Bunny. Um, I have been struggling with my name for years. I am non-binary, um, and I've changed my name a lot and gone by a lot of different identities over the years. Um, nothing's ever really fit. I've never really felt like authentic or real in my name. I've been really trying to try to do everything. I've journaled like every name out that I've ever thought about that's ever sounded good. I've like looked at name sites, I've meditated, I've tried out every name I've ever thought about and nothing sounds right. I never stick with it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like myself. And like, I try to tell myself it doesn't matter. I try to tell myself other people's opinions don't matter. Like, I like try to listen to myself. I try to do everything and like nothing is coming to me, like at all. Like, and 
I don't know what to do anymore. I just feel like a nameless person. Like I've literally not had a name for like two years and I just go by a name at work and it's fine, but it just doesn't feel like me and it just makes me dissociate. I just really am trying to find like a solid identity in my name. I'm rambling. (laughs) Basically, I just want to feel connected with myself and my name and my identity and I don't really know what to do anymore because I feel like I've tried everything so I thought about giving you a call thank you um I really appreciate all the work you do you have really helped me a lot and I know you've helped so many other people and just as a non-binary femme you just are beautiful and you mean a lot to the world bye Sweetheart, you are beautiful and you mean a lot to the world right back at you. I totally understand the desire to change your name and how important your name can feel, especially, especially for trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming people. A name that feels right in your heart can seem especially important if you've had to do a lot of inner work to know who you are, to own your identity, especially when there are people in the world who continue to deny our existence. I get it. But I also want to point out how limiting language is. It is so limiting. There will never be a name that could sum up the expansiveness of who you are. There is no word in the world that could encapsulate the spectrum of your experience, your beauty, and your divinity. Words are just symbols that point to something that is ultimately nameless. And so I do think you need to stop putting so much pressure on your name to give you the identity that is already in your heart, no matter what you call yourself, no matter what anyone calls you. I'm sure you probably have figured out already that Bunny is not my given name by my parents. And honestly, if I really focus on the name Bunny, I can get really in my head like, Bunny, is that me? Like, really? Am I a bunny? I don't fucking know. Maybe. Do I feel like a little fuzzy animal jumping in the grass? No, I don't. Like, why am I calling myself Bunny then? I don't know. If I tried to find a name that was the perfect name to completely feel like myself, I don't think I could do it either. I don't know if that is really possible. I think when it comes to language, there is a level of settling for what is best. It's the same as the word for God or universe or love. None of those words accurately represent what they're supposed to represent. Not even close. So language can imbue a certain aesthetic that feels authentic to how you see yourself, but it has its limitations. I guess I just don't want you to equate the limitations of language into thinking that you have limitations. Boxing yourself into a small space of what, 26 letters? You define the name. The name doesn't define you. So moving forward, I think taking a break from your pursuit for the right name can help you feel less attached. 
to that concept. I think letting yourself stick with a non-perfect name can be a spiritual practice of self-acceptance. The knowing there is nothing that can limit your authenticity because who you are is in your heart and that is always shining everywhere you go to everyone you meet, whether they know what to call you or not. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Thank you for all you bring and nurture through your higher self. I've listened for a while and am now moved to gain your insight into a complicated family matter that has been bringing me a lot of pain recently. My parents are unvaccinated and while they resist identification as anti-vaxxers, they have no intention of getting vaccinated against COVID-19 and are consumed by misinformation coming from the medical freedom anti-vax movements. I won't go into details of the misinformation that informs their choices, but I should share that they aren't simply resisting vaccination from a place of fear, but seem to position themselves in a ring of belief that stresses that the media, Big Pharma, CDC, and the government are censoring so-called alternative strategies to combat COVID-19. They cite researchers who have deflected from the CDC in exchange for Robert F. Kennedy's anti-vax organization, the Children's Health Defense, telling me that these are smart people who have seen the writing on the walls and they should have a chance to be heard without censorship. For context, my parents' lives haven't been impacted significantly from the pandemic and its aftershocks. They had already worked from home or independently as a contractor and live in an outdoorsy, rural, liberal area where vaccination rates are really high. I live in New York and anytime I speak to them about the realities and devastations of the pandemic as if they didn't already follow, Using I feel statements in an attempt to personalize the matter, they extend sympathy manipulatively saying how hard it must have been to experience the shutdown in NY. They say they won't get the vaccine because they claim to be in great health, even though they are asthmatic and in their late 60s, and because they are wary of potential downstream effects it may have on their bodies. Naturally, I emphasize that there won't be downstream effects if they get severely sick, die from COVID, and stress the importance of the vaccine for the public good, if not for you, do it for your community. 
I'm broken and distraught about their choices and resistance to see the critical and life-saving importance of the vaccines to protect ourselves and our communities. What hurts me the most is that they can't move beyond selfishness to protect their community. With the holidays approaching, I recently told my mom that I won't be traveling home to see them because of the risks of COVID and because I can't live with integrity if I were to pretend things were normal while staying with them. I speak with their friends and siblings, all vaccinated, who have generously offered their love and support to me as they too are worried for my parents. Many of them have likewise given my parents an ultimatum that they can't see them unless they get vaccinated. It baffles and horrifies me that being cut off or estranged from most and all their loved ones due to their anti-vax belief seems to have strengthened their hold on not getting the vaccine. I feel grateful to have been close with my parents my whole life and have loved fostering supportive relationships with my parents in my 20s. We have seen eye to eye on many things. Their politics have always been on the left and we enjoy spending time together in the outdoors, cooking together and speaking openly about our emotional matters. I know that my parents, like me, are in pain at the fissures that have emerged in our relationship. I miss them, need their love and support, and wish that we could be in one another's lives. I feel sad, but I'm trying to move beyond the sadness. I know I can never accept their choices, and I don't know how to have a relationship with them when I feel so disgusted by their choices and manipulative ways of deflecting accountability. I also know that I am perhaps the only person who can best get through to them, and that I mustn't give up because it may be the only way to budge them. So I feel paralyzed and overwhelmed by this pressure amid all this grief. I know this is a very long setup to my question, but I'm wondering if you might have any insight or advice as to how to center love and higher consciousness as I navigate self-love and integrity amid this fractured relationship. Thank you very much. Sending warmth and light. Hi, sweetheart. I'm so sorry that you're going through this difficult situation with your parents. I wish there was a blueprint on how to handle global pandemics and the aftermath and the trauma, but there isn't. We are in a situation that has never before happened on this planet with these circumstances, this high a population, and so much global interdependence. But I think you have been doing everything in your power to communicate to them your fears, your worries, and your love. And you should be really proud of how much understanding and openness you have shown them. At this point, I don't think there is anything you can say that will make too much of a difference in terms of their choices because it seems to me that making the choice to get the vaccine will only happen if they feel it was really their choice. Autonomy of choice seems to be really important to them, and that could be for a number of reasons that actually have nothing to do with the pandemic at all. Maybe there's some past stuff to do with body autonomy or experiences with the healthcare system or resentment toward the government, or maybe even childhood issues that has nothing to do with anything closely related but has been festering and is unprocessed and therefore unhealed and that anger and frustration gets projected onto the system or Dr. Fauci or, or any of that stuff and it becomes like an unconscious scapegoat to actually feeling those feelings. 
So much of our own issues and our own trauma has gotten projected onto this pandemic. And that often happens with these collective issues because how we feel internally gets reflected onto how we see ourselves and our relationship to others, even on a global scale. I have no idea about your parents' history and I'm not going to assume to guess, but I think it's important to remember that your parents are not trying to hurt you by making these choices. From their perspective, they are teaching you a valuable lesson. They are doing what they believe is right, even though it is totally wrong for you. I've said on this podcast a lot before that our parents love us the best way they know how, and they have limitations on how they can understand your perspective and your feelings. And it's really up to you how that affects what your relationship looks like, how that affects what your boundaries should be. Your higher self wants you to have compassion for yourself and for them for where all of you are in the journey of your own self-realization and healing. I know you said you don't think your parents are getting the vaccine out of fear, but really your parents' fear is that getting the vaccine will be compromising who they are because that is the meaning that they have given it. And that meaning could be the influence of misinformation and people making this an us versus them issue in politics who are motivated by greed. I mean, people are really being taken advantage of. Their fears are being taken advantage of. And it is really, really sad. And it's also created an extreme other side of it as well. You know, people who are very anti-vaxxers There's a lot of extreme views as far as not even being able to hear or have a conversation or, you know, understand that there is other factors that could be influencing their choices and they're just seen as, you know, horrible, horrible people. The important thing is that we stop seeing each other that way. We cannot heal our relationships to each other simply by making other people wrong. It's not that simple. People are complex. People grew up in different situations with different conditioning and trauma and circumstances. We have to continue to see the humanity in each other in order to expect others to see the humanity in us. In every conflict in history, both sides believed they had the moral high ground, that they were good and others were bad, that they were right and others were wrong. And that is why we continue to be in these same cycles, these same cycles of suffering, these same cycles of hurting each other. That's why we can't compromise. That's why we can't come to an understanding. It's because we dehumanize the other side to such a degree that even having a conversation becomes impossible. So even if you choose to have that boundary with your parents, which you have every right to do, I am somebody who has definitely gotten the vaccine and I am somebody who has definitely told my parents that I want them to get the vaccine. I know probably not every listener of this podcast feels the same way or not every person's family feels the same way. And a lot of people are dealing with what you're going through right now. So I really want to emphasize that you remembering to see your parents through that lens of compassion will actually help you make peace with their choices. It will help you accept where they are in the journey 
in their own journey, even though you wish that it was different. It would be amazing if our family really understood us and we really felt seen by them all the time. It would be amazing if our parents were what we wanted them to be, but that's so often not the case. And not even just with this issue, with so many different issues. We're all dealing with our relationship to our family and how difficult it can be to navigate that. But no matter the hardship, being able to see through the behavior to their hearts and their higher selves to acknowledge that yes, they have limitations or yes, there are things about them that you would want to change, but ultimately you are no better than them and they are no better than you. And that's how you focus on the love and that's how you focus on staying in your higher self in order to make choices that best reflect that. And honestly, I feel like if there was a way for you to convince them to see it your way, it would have to be through that sense of acceptance. I don't think their choices are going to change at all if they feel not respected for their choices. And I think that's probably why they've sort of dug their heels in. Despite the fact even more family members have made these ultimatums, it's actually encouraged them to become even more convinced in what they're doing. I know that this is scary for you and difficult for you. And I know that you love your parents very, very much. And I know that your parents love you very, very much. And I don't want you to forget that. I want you to remember that. I don't want this to make you believe that you weren't loved. I'm wondering if it's possible to set up a testing policy with them. So if you did want to see them at any time, you felt comfortable, that everybody involved took rapid tests before that happened. I'm wondering if that's some kind of way for you to still be part of their lives in that way and hopefully be a good influence. We had a family gathering, you know, for Thanksgiving and everybody who came took a rapid test before they arrived, you know, just to be safe. And I think now that they're available to the public, that's definitely a possibility. I know you feel as their daughter that you are the only person who can get through to them. But actually, I think that might make it even harder because they already think they know better than you as the role of the parent. And honestly, it really isn't your responsibility. You are not their parent. You are not their caretakers. And you can't take on the role of being responsible for their choices or trying to have control over something that you actually don't have control over. Again, there is no easy answer here. And when life puts us in these really difficult places, the best thing to do is focus on love wherever and whenever you can, because that is your power to see through the lens of your higher self even when others can't. And that will help you find that inner peace and acceptance that you're looking for. I am wishing you and your family all the best, all the love, all the safety, and all of the understanding. Hey, buddy. Um, I wanted to say thank you so much for the show. 
I listen to it every Thursday morning and it really helps me like start my whole weekend um, in a really positive headspace. I wanted to ask you a question about being creative and like channeling my purpose towards uh, like larger community goals. Um, it's such an overwhelming and dark time and I feel like a real desire to channel my um, talents towards um, making the world a better place. And I only work in creative industries. I don't usually work in social movement and like direct action. And I'm just starting to feel a lot of conflict about that. But when I'm in those spaces, I I don't feel the same fire in my belly, that thing that is like telling me that I'm following my path. So um, I would love to hear if you have any thoughts about that. Thank you again so much for the show. Bye. Hi, sweetheart. I think it's really awesome that you're getting more in touch with what your higher purpose is, trusting your gut feeling, listening to your higher self. But what mostly happens is that when this first begins, you do that stuff at first, not for your career, because you don't have to wait to find a new career to use your talents and your efforts and your gifts to help others. You do it in your spare time. You learn from the people who have been doing it already, whether that's getting involved in an organization or signing up to volunteer or taking political action. So many organizations need creative insight to help get the word out or to help with publicity. And through those experiences of finding your role and your voice in that, you will evolve to understand how you can make it your career, if that makes the most sense. Maybe it's teaching other people your skills. Maybe it's making products or pieces of art that inspire change. Maybe it's becoming a healing force in the industry that you're already in. I've talked before in this podcast about whatever way you pay your bills, even if it's not through your art or your passion practice, it still enables that work to happen. It still makes it possible. And in that way, it keeps the things that you feel passionate about doing sustainable. How you pay your bills doesn't have to directly match your role in helping the planet and humanity for you to have a really big impact. Because what it really is about is showing up for each other in whatever way that we can. That being said, I have a feeling that your creative experience will help you investigate and explore how to transition into a career that feels more true to your heart because it's all possible. But I just want to emphasize that actually just starting to do what you feel passionate about just for the love of it is a sign to the universe that you actually really want this and that you are ready. So I would take some time to sit down and write out your thoughts and see what's there. What issues am I most passionate about? What experiences have I had that gave me the wisdom that I feel like I can share? What talents can I contribute? What is it that people need and how can I use my creativity to help fulfill that need? 
When I first started working on the higher self memes and realizing that that's actually what I wanted to share with the world, I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down five things I thought people needed. And then at the end of that list, I wrote, how can I help? And I put it on top of my wall above my desk. And I made a decision that I was only going to put things out in the world that fit into those five categories. And at the time I was waiting tables. So it wasn't like, oh, I can't wait tables because it's not fulfilling a certain need. I meant for like my creative energy for the work that I was doing outside of that job. And you know what? Making that list changed everything for me because it helped me realize that what I was doing was about more than myself. And in that work for other people, you're actually helping to heal yourself. And that's really how we get our passion, our art, and our creativity to give back to us, right? It's an equal exchange of giving and receiving. You get what you give. And that's what you're doing right now. You're realizing that it is about more than yourself. And that's beautiful. And I am really, really excited for you. So just take it one step at a time. You can do this. Start by exploring different things that you're interested in, the issues that you feel passionate about, see ways that you can contribute. And I promise you from there, it's going to just keep expanding, 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 and it's all going to align and it's all going to become clear. But at this point, you don't have to know exactly what that's going to look like. You just take it one step at a time and be really present with it. You got this. And now it's time for a very special listener response that was set in in response to last week's episode. I'm really excited to share. Here you go. Hi, Bunny. It's weird to be calling on your podcast because I've listened to it so much. Um, And to be on the other end of it is, is exciting. Yeah. So I'm actually calling to respond to a question. It is episode 68, um, the question around um, problems and looking for problems in my relationship and relationship anxiety. Yeah, so hi to that person who asked the question. I just wanted to say that like, you say like near the end that like, am I the only one experiencing this? And like, you're totally not. Um, It's like not talked about enough. I feel like I dealt with it really intensely like a year ago or a couple years ago and didn't have any information that that was like normal and that can cause like it can become like so much worse and like cause so much shame. So I just wanted to say first that like it yeah, it's actually like super common and like really normal, I guess. I honestly listening to your question, I just like really was like, I have to answer this because like I, yeah, I like really related to it. Um, You said it was like your first serious, serious relationship and like long-term like healthy relationship. I think that's like kind of upon like learning more about relationship anxiety, that's like the prime moment for it to come up because like you're like in a healthy relationship everything's going like better than you could have expected it to you're like 10 months in so you're kind of past like that like honeymoon phase of it being like oh my god is this gonna work this is like actually working and like just like getting like all of that emotion it's kind of like settling in to like something maybe more like domestic or like 
you're, yeah, you're thinking of moving in together. So it's turning into like a aspect of your life and not just like this, like really exciting new infatuation. It's like turning into something else. And I think like, yeah, that's a huge transition moment in your relationship. And it makes sense that you're like more vulnerable to be feeling or your mind to start spiraling into these types of things. Um, Those thoughts, worries, and like intrusive thoughts and things like this, like they are there to protect you from feeling, from feeling in your relationship, like from experiencing like the full um, spectrum of your emotions in your relationship and like feeling like, oh my God, this is (laughs) just the amount of love that you feel. It's often like a scary, a really scary place to be in because it's like, if you're opening yourself up to that much love, then there's like always this sense of like, what if this doesn't work out? What if I lose this? And that's really devastating to think about because you're in this place. And so that's kind of when like, oh, like you try to like create these scenarios that aren't happening to kind of like protect yourself. And yeah, it's interesting how like, It can start as, oh, what if I'm not good enough for them or they hate me? And then it can become like, oh, what if they're not good enough for me? And it's almost like the exact, it's not, there's no difference in those questions, which is like really good to remember because it's like, yeah, it just shows that like it's, it's not real. It's not happening. Like you're okay and you're in this great relationship and those things aren't going on. Like, yeah, it's cool to think I mean it's not cool like it's so hard and sucks so much it's like night like nice reminder to be like oh yeah I'm not actually seeing things wrong with them because I'm also thinking that they're hating me or whatever and so it's kind of like it's just a protection of like the feelings it's not even about what the thoughts are saying it's just this barrier between you and like experiencing your relationship fully Yeah, I think that's all I had to say. And I just like, I really um, hope you can know that you're not alone in this. And like, you can like, just get more resources to learn about relationship anxiety and um, obsessive thoughts around relationships. Because it's a really when you can like learn to work with them and kind of like, experience that like experience it without that anxiety it's the best so yeah and I also yeah (laughs) I think that's all um okay bye buddy I'm super grateful for you and your podcast bye thank you so much for sending in that super sweet loving message and you're absolutely right You know, we do try to do these things in our minds to protect ourselves from getting hurt. And that's totally understandable, right? But the more awareness you have over that, the easier it is to feel less overwhelmed with those thoughts and to take them less seriously. And I do think that relationship anxiety isn't talked about enough, but a lot of us go through it. I remember like before I got married, um... I had felt like I was having a nervous breakdown because it was like me accepting that somebody loved me um, was really, really difficult. And I'm still working through that in lots of ways. And I think that's a continual practice, whether you're in a relationship or not. This concept of do I deserve love? Am I lovable? And the path of our higher self is the realization that you're always full of love, that you're always lovable. And 
love is safe, you know? It's a safe place to be. Sometimes when we're not used to feeling love, um, to being in that state of consciousness, because remember our relationship or a loving relationship is just a portal to that state of consciousness. You know, you can reach that consciousness in a relationship or without a relationship. And sometimes our partners that we love become like openings to that portal within our own consciousness, but it's definitely not the only way you connect. So accepting that ability within yourself is something that can be a really new feeling for a lot of us. And it's, easy to feel nervous about it but I promise you love is safe it is the safest place right it's the most empowering place it's the most peaceful place so I'm sending you lots of love I love you and so does your higher self and I will see everybody next week have a good one bye Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.